Welcome to Your Financial Advocate with Greg DuPont from DuPont Wealth Solutions. As a practicing advisor and attorney, Greg teaches pre-retirees how to reduce debt and taxes and save with less risk so they have more spendable income and plan their way to a better life. Join us for this journey where Greg draws on years of experience and guest experts to help listeners achieve more spendable income for retirement. Hello and welcome to Your Financial Advocate with Greg DuPont of DuPont Wealth Solutions. Greg, it's good to be back with you. How are you? Eric, I've missed you. It's been so long since we last chatted. I know. I know. It's been forever, forever. It Movie seems reference. like just, actually, it seems like just moments ago. <laughs> really? Now, That's I the way that, it is with friends though, right? This is true. This is good stuff. Hey, uh, you have a guest on the show again today. Who'd you bring on? So I am very happy to have on as my guest today, Don Kirkham. Uh, Don is a vice president of Kirkham Building Systems here in the Central Ohio area. Uh, and it's a bit of a niche building uh, industry that he's in, uh, pole buildings and hmm. pole barns, that type of stuff. Uh, and it's a family-owned business here, one that's out there fighting the good fight in this uh, great recession that we're dealing with. So uh, I'm looking forward to sharing some of Don's stories about how it is to work with family and uh, all the challenges that are out there and how they're overcoming them. All right. That's right up your alley, working with families and family businesses. So I'm looking forward to the conversation. Don, welcome. And thank you for joining us here on uh, our podcast. Thanks for having me, Greg. So as we get started, if, if you would just kind of uh, let the listener know just a little bit about your background. Uh, you, you're, so as I mentioned, you're with Kirkham Building Systems. And uh, what is Kirkham Building Systems and what does Don do there? Okay. So Kirkham Building System is a, uh, a design build contractor that specializes in, in pole frame buildings or the pole barns. Um, we do a lot of different types of buildings as far as uses go, but they're all around the, the the idea of pole frame construction. Um, I'm the vice president of the corporation. Um, also, sometimes label myself as manager, sometimes label myself as uh, a salesman or sales manager. So I do a lot of a lot of different things here in the family business. Um, started out uh, when I was uh, just 10 years old when my father actually started Kirkham Building System and was sorting nails in the warehouse and mm -hmm. i've i've done everything from there to to uh vice president of of the company that i am today so wide range of roles that i've taken on yeah so and, and i imagine that the nature of pole buildings pole frame that's what you how you referred to it uh, yeah. pole frame buildings that the nature of those buildings has changed remarkably over your career there yeah so i i would say the nature of them um it is has actually been a constant. It's been some improvements in the the materials that we use. Uh, some some uh, design systems that we use have some improvements, and the the uh, ability to do so many different things with them. Uh, years ago, it was an agricultural building was was the thing that pole barns were used for. Uh, the the farmers had them for ma machinery and equipment storage or or livestock and and those sorts of things and that was kind of my father's era of of the industry um, where today we we do so many different variations of uses from uh, still those agricultural buildings but we do a lot of residential accessory buildings uh, for the backyard storage building people I'd say today have more discretionary income than they did 30 40 50 years ago 
and um and so they have the toys and they need a place to put the toys and so that's that's one of our niches um but we also see a, a growth in the uh commercial industry with the the use of our buildings they're they're an economical solution to a lot of different uses when it comes to the commercial world from uh, simple storage buildings uh up to uh we've done wine shops and and drive-throughs and churches and a wide variety of things so so what is it about the uh the pole framed construction method that makes it uh more cost effective than some other approaches for those type of buildings so a couple of the major ones would be that um, the the time frame for construction is somewhat shortened from your typical uh, construction. Being that we don't have a, a large foundation system to have to install and, and do that prior to the starting of the erection of the building, um, the, the buildings go up quite a bit quicker to get under roof. Um, for instance, we just uh, have started a, a church youth group building recently and um, we were uh, under roof in about two weeks and um, had the plumbers starting to do underground plumbing on week three. So uh, usually you're three, four, five, six weeks to, to even get something of, of the size of what we're building there um, to the point where, where we are just a few weeks in. Now, I imagine some of the... Uh... The, the private, as you said, the, the kind of the toy storage ones that you've built out, uh, there's some fairly elaborate designs that you've seen with those type of things. Um, first, uh, curious, um, and for most zoning areas, it, it can it be a residence facility or does it need to be or, or does that not qualify uh, for residence? So most zonings do allow it to be built as a, as a residence, um, but what we have found is Usually when you're talking about the investment dollars for, you know, a living uh, area, um, then you're talking about a mortgage for that construction. And it's the banks that I have found um, are the ones that kind of have more restrictions for what they want to lend for. And in in particular, they want to have a structure that's got a permanent concrete foundation rather than a wood foundation like a like our typical pole building has a wood foundation mm-hmm. so we have to use a product uh, our our idea is we use a product that allows us to replace the treated wood in the ground with a concrete system uh, so that we can identify it as a a concrete uh, foundation for the building and um and so that uh, appeases the lenders and um, the, the zoning really isn't an issue when it comes to the construction type. They just have minimums for uh, maybe minimum square footage of living space for a particular township. And so we, we have to meet that just like any other home would have to meet those requirements. So how has uh, the, the supply chain issues and those kind of things uh, that, the, that we're dealing with in the economy, generally speaking, uh, affected uh, your industry? So we have had some adverse effects from that. Um, you know, there's we use a lot of similar products to uh, residential construction. So it was kind of product by product. Was we had uh, a time with supply issues for one product and then another, and um, they were the types of products that were used kind of across the board for residential construction. I would say because it was it was garage doors and it was windows and. Um, service doors and things like that that uh, got 
kind of really outrageous um, to the point where it was almost a year to get some garage doors. So we had to uh, to kind of look for alternatives and look at alternative manufacturers that that could get us the products um, in in a, a better time frame. Um, so we've had to switch gears a little bit on some of those things, but that is uh, really not as nearly as big an issue today as it was um, even six months ago. Uh, it's it's really come around. We don't have near the lead time for uh, really anything that, that we get into uh, that we were dealing with just a few months ago. So I imagine uh, that you've got some um some residential uses that stick out in your mind uh, as kind of the the ones that made you go whoa, <laughs> uh, you know, this I can't believe that we're doing this. Uh, so what was what was your favorite uh, residential project? Uh, what did it, what did it do? So um, one of them comes to mind. Uh, it, it wasn't a really very big job, but it was really for the owner to have. Uh, a, a place to hang out in, in kind of a, a party room more than for the toys. Hmm. And it kind of stands out because the owner uh, really put a lot of thought into um, how the space inside was going to work with, you know, I mean, it has a couch and big screen TV and the refrigerator, and it's a place for his kids to hang out, uh, air hockey table. And um, so it's completely finished on the inside. It looks really great. But then on the outside, there's outdoor, what I'll call outdoor living space, where we created a, an outdoor patio with with timber frame roof structure. And um, I really like the timber frame structure just because it's it's one of those things that's kind of popular today with, with the big beefy uh, wood timbers uh, for the, the poles and the, the roof system. And that is left exposed as part of the, you know, it's it's the finished look. And so uh, that that nice patio gives them that outdoor living space right beside the uh, the space for them to hang out. And um, again, not a very big job, but it was really cool how they put it together. And and we work with our clients and, and kind of take their ideas and marry them to what we do best. And that one worked out really well for the design of the space to, to hang out in as well as the, uh, the timber frame patio. Yeah. So it was basically building a, uh, a rec room outside and with the adjoining uh, patio space. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So for an application like that, what, t- what type of ballpark cost per square foot would you start at for something like that? Is it, so with something that's finished inside like that, um, we're probably starting somewhere around $100 per square foot for a finished out building like that. So it's a lot cheaper than adding it onto the house. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And a lot more flexibility that way as well. So <clears throat> if someone wants to maybe pursue building something like that, what what would that look like if they came to to you guys and said, "Yeah, we'd like to. We've got some land, and we'd like to put this uh, something like that out there." What what's what's the process look like? So I I always ask people that call in here to come to me with their ideas. Um, you know, pictures from Pinterest or or other boards where they get their inspiration of of what they want the building to look like if it's for like the toys and things like that maybe even a, a list of toys we even have a a uh, a graph on our website that you can the client can 
print off and has little cutouts for RVs and tractors and trucks <laughs> and mowers. And, and so they can kind of do that and play around with the layout and see how they might use that space. And so I encourage them to bring that um, any, any other thoughts and, and ideas of theirs as far as size goes. Um, but again, also the, the pictures of the things that they like, how things look. And so um, if they'll provide me that, then that helps me to see their vision. Um, and again, marry what we do to that vision. And even though they might have, they might like an idea that they see, if they can share that with me, I might be able to come up with maybe a simpler and more cost-effective way to get the same effect, but without maybe as much cost or, or, complication. <laughs> um, I, I kind of like to keep things simple, to be honest. <laughs> Anytime I can simplify things, simplify is going to also save money for them. So um, they, they bring that to me. We kind of put together a concept plan that we kind of want to work from. And then that gives me something that I can uh, use as a tool for pricing purposes, uh, for getting bids on other trades that we work with. Um, if it's a building that's got heating and cooling or uh, you know, electric, that kind of thing. And then we can uh, share that with our other trade contractors that we work with. So would you be able to, for example, um, uh, build an in-law suite type of uh, room out in something like that? Yeah, we've, we've looked at that. The, and for sure, yes, we could build that. Um, the biggest issue that I've come across there is again, back to the zoning. Um, the zoning doesn't want um to allow much square footage for a secondary living space and sometimes not any at all. So it's all up to the zoning for the township that you live in, that you're going to build in uh, as far as what they'll allow. Some of them allow what, what they call a granny suite, which is like that in-law suite um, that's a separate building, but, but they're really restrictive on what, what size you can do. Um, I don't know if that's because they just, they don't want a whole nother family moving in. So they really restrict the size that you can do there. And some townships don't allow you to have any living space in any separated building. So sometimes you, you, you don't have any choice, but to add onto the house to have that living space. And unfortunately that's something that we don't do is, is add ons to, to homes. So that's been a, a hurdle that we've run into quite a few times that, they just didn't work because of the zoning issues. Now, do you uh, do work throughout the state of Ohio, outside of Ohio? What's what's the geographic range that you guys do work in? So we, yeah, we definitely stay in Ohio. Uh, we actually try to stay within about 30 to 40 miles of our office here in Delaware. So uh, we reach Delaware County and the surrounding counties, and then maybe get out to bits and pieces of some of the, the counties just beyond those. But uh, we try to stay pretty local. All of our employees are local um, here to, to Delaware, Delaware County or Marion County. Um, and, uh, so we have done some jobs that we we called stay away or considered stay away jobs where the crew was actually paid and a hotel was paid for for the crew to stay in and they stayed uh, away through the week and then came back home on the weekend those were still in ohio but they were just too far away to drive to on a daily basis um those are th those have become much less frequent in the past i don't know decade or so um, I, I can't think of one that we've done in the past decade that was a stay away job. And 
probably partly because you know we have a cost to do that um, that we have to pass on to the to the customer um, if if they don't want to pay the cost to have our crew you know stay local then they're going to have to find somebody else local that that wouldn't uh, incur those costs so with that thought in mind if if somebody's listening to the program today thought hmm yeah i want to build a he shed or a she shed out there and this sounds like the way that i want to do it um but they're not in your service area how how would you suggest that they go about finding somebody is are there trade associations or a network or anything like that how, how, where would you tell them to start sure and that's a that's a great question and we have to do this quite often uh, since the the covid situation hit we've gotten much many more calls from people that are outside our jurisdiction and so we actually recommend that they contact the national frame building association um, that is kind of a uh, uh, a group of frame builders and vendors that uh, kind of support each other in an association that uh, helps to improve and increase the uh, the pole frame building industry as a whole and so we're a member there and so reputable builders uh, would would typically be the ones that uh, would be a member with the National Frame Builders Association so they can go to their website at nfba.org and um, look for a, a local builder in their area. So I want to shift gears for a second. Uh, I understand that uh, it's a family-owned business, and uh, we're now into, I believe, the second generation of it. Uh, so tell me a little bit what that's like uh, with uh, with that transition and what your thoughts are about uh, the next generation. So, yeah, so that's a, a great question. I, I, I would go back a couple of generations um, behind us, though, uh, to help answer that. My great-grandfather started one of the first pole building companies in central Ohio, and um, you know his son worked with him, and and his son, and and then me, and and now you know my son and daughter are, are in the industry, and so it's just been something that's stuck with our family. Um, I, I don't know why, but uh, it's it's just been to me it's it's been really great to work in a family business. There's some dynamics there that you don't find everywhere, but the next generation, uh, I, I just I hope we can keep the family business going for many more generations because I, I appreciate the opportunity that was given to me and, and my father appreciates the opportunity given to him before me. And uh, I hope my kids appreciate it as well. And, and we can, we can have another generation uh, before my lifetime's over. Um, you know, be part of the, the family business that we're also proud of. Well, you got something special going on there because most family businesses don't make it from one generation to the next, let alone multiple generations. So that says a lot about the culture and the in the family that you guys have there, that you've gotten it uh, through all these years. And that foundation and that growth going forward, your, your son's going to have a, a great opportunity to and daughter to continue to build this thing out. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's I think there's plenty of opportunity uh, here in the Central Ohio area alone um, to to continue and and to grow and working with family can be anything from exasperating to exciting and enjoyable and and the whole gamut in between. Um, but uh, I I wouldn't change working with my dad uh, for anything. That's been one of the the best uh, parts of of the family business is is uh, being close to my my father and and us working together to build the business 
you know, I can appreciate that. Uh, my father was a pharmacist. Uh, and he had his own stores when I grew up and the opportunity to uh, spend days in there working in the business and watching um, as the entrepreneur struggle and make it uh, and be nimble like they have to be at times uh, yeah. and persevere. Uh, those lessons uh, I credit a, a great amount to to who I am today. And so uh, that opportunity that your family has to be able to do that is it's priceless. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely agree. I'm just curious as we wrap up um, the scope of a pole barn. Uh, I'm just, what's the biggest uh, structure? Uh, is there really a limit to how big a structure could be or just a matter of designing and it could be as, as big as we want it to be? Yeah, the, there are some limits. Um a, there's there's limits in the building code uh, for commercial structures that that limit us on size. Um, kind of at least until we get into some more expensive features. When you get into the commercial world, oftentimes your the commercial world is, is bigger area, and the code is more restrictive for life safety issues. And so you get into things like sprinkler systems and, and life safety issues that we can get into, but oftentimes we try to size our buildings and and, and focus on the buildings that really don't need that much, uh, th that additional life safety um, code requirements um, because we can keep the cost lower uh, if we can keep the building under those requirements. But it also depends on the use group of the building. If it's an assembly building for a gymnasium or a church, then there's some restrictions of, of there versus if it's a storage building, um, then it's a little bit more lenient on how big we can go. But then we made a decision also that um, w the widest building that we've built that's clear span, in other words, there's there's no interior supporting poles or columns. It's all support supported by the perimeter walls, the widest that we have built is 86 feet clear span width. And after we had built that one, uh, we kind of took a look at that and decided, you know, 80 feet, zero inches is, is probably all that we really <laughs> want to do. Um, those 86 foot trusses uh, were just, they were monsters and looked like they went on forever when you stood at one end of them stacked on the ground. <laughs> and, um, and so there are builders uh, in the pole building industry that I, I've heard of that have built up to a hundred foot clear span. That's not for us. Um, we want to limit um, what we do to, to 80 feet. And then the length of the building um, can vary really anywhere up to we get to the square footage where we get into the code issues uh, for the, the use group or the fire suppression type things that we that we can't exceed into. Gotcha. Um, so uh, be, before I let you go here, uh, I, I need to invite back in uh, my producer, Eric. Uh, to, uh, he's, my, he's my fly on the wall, and he also is a, a bit of a crafty guy, so I think he's probably a bit over there sketching his plans for uh, the he shed that he's wanting to have you guys build, although he's not in our state, so he'll have to find somebody else. So, uh, Eric, the floor is all yours. You can start asking your design questions now. Well, great. Thanks for bringing me back in. Uh, yeah, Don, I've got some questions. Here we go. Um, 
<laughs> on the TikTok. <laughs> I've talked to Greg about this before. This is where I first learned of barn dominiums, right? And I'm sure okay. you heard that term or shouses. I hate that one, uh, but it's a yep. shop house or a barn dominium. It sounds to me like that's a zoning issue, right? Where you're talking about the concrete and the flooring and the the all that. Do you even dabble in that? Or is that something that you're like, you know what? This is not something we want to get into because of all those regulations. Yeah, no, uh, good question there, Eric. Uh, we, we do, uh, I'll say we do dabble in those. We actually made the decision that we would work with clients on the shell building for the the barn dominiums mm -hmm. um, but we actually have partnered with a, a home builder that um, would come in and do the interior build out uh, because they're set up with the showrooms for all the finishes and, mm -hmm. and cabinets and drawer pulls and all the little details that go into a, a, a home um, that we're not set up for so we've partnered with them and bring them in on um, uh, barn dominium projects to uh, to quote and estimate the uh, the interior build out portion of those, and we just build the shell and and leave them to to finish it out. Then, all right, yeah, that's that's fantastic, listener. If you don't know what a barn dominium is, look it up. It's going to be interesting. They're I think they're fantastic. I'm a big fan. Um, Don, my next question is is nothing to do with the building, but it does have to do with family. Um, in working with as many family businesses as I have in the past, and I know that Greg has as well. Um, is it off limits to talk business during Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner or, or big events? How, how do you guys set those boundaries and rules for your family? <laughs> um, I'd say nothing's off limits for any time we're together. Um, All right. If, if there's something we want to talk about, we talk about it. Um, so yeah, it's anytime we're together, uh, we're likely talking about something to do with the business. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, thank you so much, Greg. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much for bringing him on as a guest. I'm glad we could have Don's time today. Don, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, how could they reach out and, and get a hold of you? Sure. So we do have a website. Uh, it's KirkhamBuildingSystem.com. Uh, you can see a gallery of some projects we've done. It talks uh, about some of the, the details that go into our buildings and, and some of the the philosophy of of our family business and and why we do some things a little bit differently or you can call our office uh is a, a delaware phone number at 740-548-7810 all right gentlemen this has been great thank you so much again don for being a great guest greg of course thank you for facilitating this and our last thank you always goes to you the listening audience thank you so much for tuning in and listening to your financial advocate with greg dupont if you have not subscribed to the podcast yet please click the subscribe now button below. This way when Greg comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you rate this podcast, share it and leave a review as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at DuPont Wealth Solutions, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Your Financial Advocate. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of DuPont Wealth Solutions. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.